and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello. Today I'm here with Kelly Caldwell, who performs as Kelly Welly. Kelly's from Portland, Oregon, and in her music, she shares tidbits from her life as a new mom with songs she and her twins actually use to learn, encourage, and just have fun together. Kelly has a Master of Publishing degree and a BA in Speech Communications with minors in Japanese and German, which is pretty cool. After working for Harper's Magazine at NYC, she returned to Portland, Oregon, where she started a corporate publishing business while constantly writing songs and stories of her own. She has released three albums and numerous singles, including her recent album, Robots Don't Tell Jokes. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Hi. Nice to talk with you today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show and and for being here. Uh, We've known each other for a little bit of time now. We've talked on, you know, the internet. Every time you email, I'm always (laughs) excited. I love you. You have a good email you send good emails, so Thank you know you. I usually try to respond <laughs> to those. Many. <laughs> yeah, not too many, but good, they're good when you send them, and it's always exciting stuff. Um, didn't Robots Don't Tell Jokes also have a movie? A, it, a video? I'm the music video that I made for it is a stop motion video that my kids helped me make, and so cool. I found out about film festivals uh, as an option to submit as a short film, and it turns out that that it was well received, and it's still it's coming up. Um, it's going to be played not only in the um, San Diego International Children's Festival that uh, shows at Comic-Con, but it was also accepted into the grown-up Comic-Con Film Festival. So we're going to go down to San Diego in July and see it. My kids Wow, that's, that's and I, amazing, so. actually. It's Good fun. for you. It's another avenue for promotion. Yeah, and also uh, a great way to get accolades for your art. I mean, you're endlessly creative and all the stuff that I hear that you've done. Like that's, I think that's, I'm really happy that you're getting that extra validation. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. It's also just uh, encouraging. I'm trying to learn a lot about, you know, how expensive it is to make music videos on top of yep. recording your music. And so um, it really was the, you know, out of necessity that I decided to go ahead and try that. And now that's motivated me to do more of my own. You know, I'm I'm also hiring some people for some things because I'm still learning so much about and what the options are. But um, it's just one of those other hats you have to try to wear as a small <laughs> business person. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, you were you were not you did you always play music? How did you get into like doing all this children's music? Do you do it full time? What's your story? How did you really like I read your bio, but how did you get into this? 
Yeah, um, it's funny. I, I've been songwriting since college sometime. It was just a random thing that I stumbled upon with a boyfriend that said, hey, let's write a song. And I, I just blurted out this ridiculous jingle basically about something we were passing. And it was, <laughs> it was a like humorous and just, but it worked actually. So then we were both kind of like, whoa, that's okay. Something. And then I just started messing around in my car most of the time because I was definitely not willing to sing in front of most people. <laughs> and, um, I, I had taken writing courses and stuff in college. Um, so writing was definitely something I was interested in, but writing alongside the melody and, and having melodies come to mind was a new thing for me. I am not educated as a musician. I am not, I have not, um, other than some music theory classes and a lot of songwriting, uh, workshop, like going to workshops. And uh, I was a volunteer on the Portland Songwriters Association uh, board for about eight years. And so that involved a lot of conferences and workshops and trying to offer opportunities to other uh, artists. This was not in the children's realm um, to showcase their art and showcase um, their songs. And so I learned a lot, I think, just over the years in that process, as well as working on the songs myself um, and having some background in editing and marketing as well, um, which were all under the umbrella of my master of publishing. I think um, the editor hat has helped me to be honest with myself as much as you can, right? Um, And that that has also been part of the process of kind of getting to a place where I felt like I could be a songwriter more on a professional basis. Um, And yeah, so a lot of trial and error, writing thousands of starts of songs, you know, and then uh, just because it was something I enjoyed doing. And then when I had my kids, I uh, really started focusing on children's songwriting. But also I had a, um, this, it's kind of a funny story. I had a concussion um, while I was doing my corporate publishing business uh, work, I, I pl- play hockey also on the side, and um, I was knocked over in a game and suddenly had about a month where I could not look at a computer um, while I was recovering from that without getting this motion sickness. And um, wow! so I had to give up big jobs and just say, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this job for you. And then about a year later, I had an eight-month resurgence of that uh, concussion syndrome, which um, turned out to be a, a migraine sort of a thing. But because I was looking at screens, it kept re-triggering it. And so that took a long time to just figure out what is the problem here. And I'm fine now. But um, during that eight-month period, I basically said, well, if I can't use my eyes, <laughs> to make a living anymore, then maybe I will use this songwriting, use my ears and do uh, more focus on the songwriting. And thankfully, my husband uh, was supportive of that. And we were also trying to have kids at the time. And that was kind of a challenge. So it was good. It was like all these pieces came into play, fell into place where I needed to be more restful so that I could allow my body to um, grow some twins. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and the process leading up to that was challenging. So it was good because it, you know, 
I was able to just focus on more of the creative process and I had never really given myself permission to do songwriting or music before as a profession because I know that it's difficult. My parents are both fine artists. I grew up in the art world and they were starving artists. It's just not often a realistic um, primary profession, right? And um, also, I think I had spent so much time working on helping other people bring their ideas to life. And I always knew that my eventual goal was to have the security to feel like I could focus on my own create creative ideas. But I thought they would probably be more in the visual, uh, like children's books or art um, otherwise, mm-hmm. um, in publishing. Um, but I was still songwriting all the time. And it just is my art I got or my primary art (laughs) yeah even though I didn't uh arrive at it through an educated um you know when I say educated I feel like you know there's that thing that I think it was Malcolm Gladwell said or they say about 10,000 hours it -hmm. takes to become you know really good at something and I I've spent the hours (laughs) Yeah. It's just been a lot of trial and error, you know, and a lot of just saying that's not really going anywhere and I'll save that for later and maybe I'll come back to it. And if it keeps coming back to me and I know Bjork, I heard Bjork say that one time, she knows that a melody is a good one when it keeps coming back to her later, you know, and so mm-hmm. those kind of uh, editing decisions were really um, part of the process along the way, I think, to getting to where I felt like, okay, now I know what is worth recording and trying to put my energy into um, more channeled. I do have a grown-up album too, though, that I'm waiting to release. Some You talked about right. um, having something that you're waiting to release. And I recorded it just because I wanted to record those songs. And I'm super proud of it and happy with it, but um, it was ready to go right before the pandemic hit. And so now I'm I decided, you know, why don't I build my audience a little bit more in with my kids' music? And I don't think I'm looking to become a, more of a grown-up artist. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'll put it out there soon when I get I'm, – I'm just trying to get more kids' music out there and build that audience as well. So I think you're doing a great job of building that audience as, you know, someone from the outside – <clears throat> Thank you. I'm trying to. It's uh, I've gotten some help on the social media front um, a little yeah. bit to help. Uh, Nanny Nikki was uh, doing some a little bit of social media management on the side, as well as growing her um, pr- uh, performance business and her, and making some of her music. And so I reached out to her. She was helping music organizations like CMN and um, helping with the One Tribe group. Mm -hmm. on social media. And so I reached out to her to see, would you help like an individual? And anyway, then we ended up becoming amazing friends and have these crazy things in common. So um, she was really helpful though in uh, showing me some of the basics in social media, which I just, I was like, I hate doing, (laughs) I hate doing this. I know I need to do it, but it just feels like, yeah, I'm posting things into the ether. I think you said that earlier. And yeah, how much time should I actually spend on this if two people are seeing it? And <laughs> where should I focus my energy? Because 
Facebook doesn't seem, it used to go somewhere, but now it doesn't seem like it does. Where should I, and what kind of things actually help to build your audience? And um, she was very helpful in that way. So now I feel like the goal of building my, an organic audience has, that's been the the goal and um, that's been slowly working. I mean, you know, a few new followers a week and I'd rather have a few new followers who actually care mm-hmm. than uh, 20,000, you know, faux followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I, I have the two, I have the adult as, you know, as, as I have the adults and then I have the, uh, the kids and uh, yeah, it's interesting because the children's music pays me more like in practice and life. Oh, good. You know, like performing and stuff. So that's kind of yeah, where, right. That's what I mean. It's not kind of a reason why I kept doing it. I was mm-hmm. like, this is working. So I, but then the adult music is just as important to me. And then weirdly, like li- that's my social media. There is is better. So oh, okay. I, it's like, but it's juggling the two is is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wow. So you you basically you had this job security, and then you said, okay, I'm gonna get do this children's music. So do you, you were recording, but do you perform out often? I am performing out. Yeah, the summertime, usually more, which I know is for most folks true, um, have been performing mainly in the Portland area over the last, I don't know, six years or something. Um, But more recently, a little bit uh, expanded on that. It's my kids are nine. I have twins who are nine years old. So for me right now, I don't think that touring is really where it just wouldn't work out with our family um, dynamic and my other goals. So I'm not really looking to do that as much, but I am performing. Oh, that's great. Do you do libraries and that type of space? Yeah. 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 Libraries, preschools, other venues. Yeah. Music venues. We're going to the Brit uh, big performance space out uh, down South of Portland in Medford um, in next week and good for you uh, that's starting awesome to do some others in the area yeah so that's I have really nanny great. Nikki to thank for the recommendation on that too <laughs> oh good <Yeah. laughs> sounds like she's really helped you yeah she's been great well okay so you you basically and you also you're an artist a visual artist as well and you've got and now a filmmaker award-winning filmmaker <laughs> <laughs> I don't know and, if I can go that far yet <laughs> well, didn't you? I, I mean, mean I have I little awards award. I do have yeah, I do have some here. awards yeah yeah <laughs> You know, that's I'm a lot of people learning. Say they're award winning, and it's just like they got you know the Paris yeah. choice that everyone yeah. gets if you pay for yeah. it. But uh, it's okay; it's still <laughs> worth it. It's still worth it to say. Lay people don't know, <laughs> but uh, I've listened to a lot of your songs just throughout the time I've known you, and I noticed that there's you, you seem purposeful in the types of songs you put on your album, and I wonder if that's true. Do you have an understanding of children's development? Is there have you ever taken classes or read books and kind of tailored your music to anything that you've learned in that space? I am not uh, educated in childhood development, and I definitely don't um, put anything out there trying to wear that hat of a th- or that type of a badge of authority. So mm-hmm. no. <clears throat> Not in that way. What I uh, more am purposeful about is that I, I mean, being a parent and having children, I'm really trying to write songs that either reach kids where they are and 
Um, sometimes that's being silly. Sometimes that's just uh, reflecting on the things that we're doing at home, like potty training or, you know, losing teeth or um, toolbox songs about like where we're almost there, you know, things in the car. So sharing some of those types of songs that we use as tools in our house, but also a lot of what I think kind of drives me is that I had a lot of childhood trauma growing up and uh, grew up in very extreme circumstances. Actually, my mother has severe mental illness and she was a single parent and um, we went through experiences that are just outside of the norm of most people's um, experiences. And I know that one of the things that really helped two there were two big things that as I look back, aside from, you know, just grace of God or, you know, and 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 having some family, my my mom's sisters were close by when I was super young. So they were able to help with some things. I know that two things that really helped us just on a day-to-day basis kind of get through or helped me anyway were music as a kind of a friend in I was an only child until I was a teenager with my mom in very extreme situations and I can pinpoint where music um, certain songs were playing at certain times and how they either comforted me or um marked a moment or um, my albums were kind of like friends to me. And um, not o- not only in the extreme circumstances, but it just in the day to day, like third grade, you know, bring your favorite object for show and tell at school. And mine was one of my, the album that I loved at the time, <laughs> which was Grease. Um, and I was obsessed with it. And, um, you know, kids, al- or that's not a kid's album, but there were some kids albums, but most of them were Um, more adult albums, as well as musical movies. My mom would, you know, kind of drag me along to these grown-up events where we were watching The Rose or West Side Story. And um, those are two that stood out to me in in, uh, times when I was hanging out, you know, wherever we were. Um, And the Beatles were playing it with my aunt, my aunt's you know, there were some things there that were not great to witness that some of the things that they were doing um, with drugs and things like that. But the Beatles were playing <laughs> literally like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And they were maybe, you know, I don't know what they were taking exactly, but I'm I'm pretty open about it. Um, those were for my friends in, in case, not that I didn't have friends as a kid. I had friends, but um, it took me a lot of reflection later to figure out where this musical connection was coming from because I wasn't trained in music and I was very, I was, uh, I had a very high voice as a child into my adulthood, um, late into my adulthood. And I was made fun of a lot for having a very babyish voice. So getting comfortable with my voice, um, took me a long time and I've spent a lot of time reflecting on kind of how I could possibly have, um, how I could possibly become a songwriter with these melodies when I didn't have that education and I was so conscient conscious of my voice being an issue with um, 
how I was perceived or how I was treated. Um, and then the other thing was laughter and humor and comedy because even though my mom um, had very extreme behavior, uh, she was actually a good mom to me as a child. It's just that because of her illness, there were a lot of you know times when she had to be hospitalized or um, where her behaviors were not safe. But we were laughing. She was hilarious too. You know, in the yeah. midst of all of that, she had she's extremely intelligent and hilarious. And we watched Saturday Night Live. <laughs> As I started watching Saturday Night Live at age five, I'm sure when we wow. could, we didn't have a TV till later. But I just look back on some of even extreme circumstances where we're in the middle of a crisis, and you have to kind of laugh at some of the you know circumstances if you were able to look at it from an outside perspective there uh you know i'm not going to share like all the stories but okay, there are yeah. some times where i've just really been able to um rely on those things comedy and music to help me through life so even though I don't have, circling back to the question, <laughs> I yeah. don't have education in childhood development. I remember a lot from being a kid. And I know that kids are, they're soaking up a lot and their brains are very, uh, I respect kids' brains so much um, and, and respect that I think, um, they pick up a lot more than people give them credit for. So I like to keep my song smart for that reason. I'm not shying away from complex words sometimes. Um, I'm really trying to tell their stories of their experiences or th see things through their eyes. It is very purposeful, but it's also coming naturally, I think, because I have kids and because I remember a lot about being a kid. And and then I'm trying to offer silliness for the purpose of, you know, escape sometimes or just feeling loved uh, or having that fun friend or having something that you can remember or comes to your mind when when you maybe need it or just want to have fun <laughs> because it is important to let kids have fun. And I think there's been a big push in recent years to teach kids a lot of big, heavy like lessons or ask them to be the next generation of fixers for a lot of problems that they didn't create. And that's a big burden to place on kids who are already probably going through a lot at home or, or may or may not be going through things at home, but are going through a lot as kids because you're growing <laughs> and school, you know, social dynamics at school. And so there's plenty for every kid to be working on, let alone piling on the fixing of big, huge problems. And that doesn't mean I, I don't support, you know, teaching them to be good citizens and um, teaching them, obviously, you know, about climate change is important. Teaching them about things through music. I do support that. I personally am trying to be 
in this space, add to that some levity and um, places for joy um, with some sprinklings of education here and there, <laughs> but not super forced. Um, does that make sense? It I've given you so a long it's actually, explanation. <laughs> it's actually, um, so my thesis in undergrad <clears throat> was um, finding value in the silly. And I wrote, oh, yeah, oh, I'd love to I, read that. <laughs> I'm, you I mean, can I'm send sure it. Horrible. I, I guess I, I did a it. thesis. I, I did a yeah. thesis for grad school. So I, you know, I love academic. Uh, I, anyway, yeah, I, that's cool. And, and interestingly, I, so I didn't have um, familial trauma as a kid, but I did have, um, there were some tragedies that were defining mm. uh, throughout my childhood and then adolescence that were hit close to home. And then one was uh, a very close friend. And so mm. I had, uh, so that, and that I had to process, you know, as a teenager, but before that mm. were a couple, you know, kind of uh, city wide tragedies, I guess, mm. that were also nationally, you know, it was, so just that oh. hit close to home. So it was like, mm. I had a series of this growing up and I had parents who really were wonderful and, and sheltering us from a lot of the facts of it or a lot of the tra dramatic bits of things but they couldn't do everything, you know, they couldn't mm. totally shield us. So my, my sister and I kind of processed some really sad things as elementary mm. school age people and then also middle school and then for me, high school. So mm. I also gravitated toward comedy and music. <laughs> mm. You know, those yeah. are the things and, and perform. I was also doing musical theater, which those that's kind yeah. of the combination there. And yeah. I, um, I did a little bit of that, but excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. I I, I also found it and I, I also find silliness to be, uh, you know, tantamount to survival. And also um, I loved what you said about it making you feel loved, because I think that that's something I haven't ever, you know, voiced. But it's, it is, I think, something really important when you are silly and someone else is silly and you're both in on the joke. I think that's a really valuable expression of love. Yeah, I think that yeah. it's the way it's a way of saying I love you. Certainly, how a way that I communicate to my husband that I love him. You know, yes, that's how I talk yes. to my nephews and tell them that I love them. You know, yeah, yeah. And I think that yeah. it's exactly how you described. I mean, even yeah, there's. I think a lot of children have that right now are processing this. You know, trauma of of living through a pandemic and having their lives uprooted, and. I think that a lot of adolescents, at least who have access to TikTok in these places, the thing that those are, I think the main thing that those, that social media is offering, at least like children, people, you know, adolescents who have access to it. And of mm -hmm. course, the little ones who then see it. A big thing there is, is jokes, is comedy. Mm, I mean, the main thing yeah, on TikTok is okay. stuff that's True. funny. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Every time I tune in, I'm like, this is just goofy like there's it's I all don't... funny it's, it's yeah yeah it's like that that's what people are making they're just I mean it's, it's everyone has my <laughs> husband likes to say everyone has their own public access show now yeah yeah and, yeah and that and that's better than Instagram like the poses and stuff really mm -hmm. I mean as as if I had to choose between having my kids participate in one 
or the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some of it's banal, some of it's, you know, base and totally just ridiculous and, and yeah. also uh, sometimes damaging, you know, I mean, yeah. of course, I mean, again, if everyone has access to everything, there's, there's right. a lot of nefarious stuff that exists and a lot of uh, misunderstandings of the world that then is presented as fact. So it's, it's, and especially if you're a child, you can't differentiate between those things. So I'm not necessarily arguing that social media is a, a great thing, but I do think that people are drawn to it because they are seeking, uh, comedy. Relief. I think that for the most yeah. part, that's comedy. Like most of the yeah, time, it's silliness. helping you escape from, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be helping you escape. It can be making important points. It can be, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, using your voice in, I mean, some of the smartest people out there are comedians and mm -hmm. we, it's actually one of the ways that you can change people's minds a lot of times easier through a comical, um, you know, making a point with sarcasm or just s sort of bringing it to light in front of everyone and going, you know, hey, <laughs> Yeah, this is actually really ridiculous. Can we all like see that together? And um, yeah, versus force feeding people. And I think that's true with I think that can be true with kids music, too, that if you pick up their clothes off the floor, I can I can write a song that's pick up our clothes off the floor. Let's keep it clean you know, mm -hmm. keep the clean every day more or whatever. Print it. <laughs> Not good. Beautiful. Improv. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I can talk about how suddenly we have, I can sing about how there are flies taking over the bathroom and I don't understand <laughs> yeah. where these flies came in. Oh, it's because there's all this stuff everywhere. And, you right. know, I don't know. They're it's, a, it's an approach. I'm not, I don't want to criticize other people's approaches. That is definitely not the intention. I think there's room yeah, for all the approaches, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's just about expressing that's the way my mind works. And it sounds like you kind of see that too, or maybe work that way too. Yeah. I think that everything is valid. And especially on doing this podcast, I've really gained an understanding and appreciation for, I guess I've gained a, a deep appreciation for the v various ways that are all important. I think that anyone who makes children's media is doing something extremely important yeah. and helpful yeah. to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing is, again, but you're also incorporating a lot of what people talk about. You have counting songs, you have uh, echo songs, you have repetition, you know, you're doing things. I think that I, I've also just gravitated toward doing things because also when you work with kids, you see how they yeah. learn, especially yes. little ones. They learn by yes. repetition. They learn by echoing. Yeah, so, right. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. And and we have those folks who have gone before us in Sesame Street and mm -hmm. um, PBS, you know, places where um, they've put the uh time into studying what reaches kids and or what how they how they learn and so um huge respect for that and and I think too honestly as my kids grow my the songs that we're writing at home are changing and so I I have done a, a few more of the simple songs that are teaching songs educate or like toolbox songs I would say um, and now I'm maybe in a little bit of a different phase, but I still have some that I wrote then that I want to make and I'm putting out another album soon. And, um, a lot of people aren't really putting out full albums as much anymore. Um, 
because of just the way the streaming and everything is working and how people are getting their music. And I, the reason that I've continued to do that is because I just want to get more music out. And uh, I feel like I'm still building there. I'm still newer on the scene. And, um, but also I think it's kind of been a goal so far with the four albums to have some songs that reach the pre-K or the preschoolers and some songs that are reaching the kindergartners and some that are maybe reaching folks a little older. And then also I always say I'm writing songs for kids and the people who love them because I'm trying to reach the new parents as well or Mm -hmm. the grandparents or the older, you know, or, or parents that have been around for a while. And a lot of it is just about relating because the reality for me as a new parent Um, And I think it's true for a lot of people. I would stay at home and it can be pretty lonely (laughs) Yeah, when you're just there. I'm obviously I was filled with joy having my kids, you know, you, you say that filled with joy and I was, I didn't have postpartum or anything to any degree. Um, But I was missing the, uh, the grown-up conversation and the things that were more stimulating to that part of my brain. There was a lot going on with, you know, the parent, new parent side of my brain and you're just physically in my body and uh, just being taxed and tired in those ways. And then just getting to experience watching these new people in my life grow, which is just this incredible experience. And we don't have that many grown up songs, I feel like, that are just about parenting, mm. you know? There are a few um, that I know of where it's really – Brandi Carlyle has a really beautiful song to her daughter, Evangeline, it's called. And it's just beautiful in terms – in the way that it talks about some of her experiences and her viewpoint as a mom. And then Carly Simon's You Are the Love of My Life. I was very influenced by that song in terms of writing music for kids at some point or writing or seeing differently that a love song can really be some, there are different types of love songs, but there aren't that many grown up love songs to our kids. And Mm. really, is there anyone that we're going to love any, any more than we would love our child. So it's an, it's interesting. So that song, You Are the Love of My Life um, by Carly Simon, just really was beautiful. I loved it. And I heard it when I was younger and I never thought about what it really meant at first. I just loved the way that she did it and the production and the way that the song build, built along the way. And then I realized, wait a minute, this is written to her kids <laughs> in the albums that I've been putting out. I'm also trying to have always have something that is really focused on that new parent and the experience that they may be feeling experience. really special. So. A couple years ago, I was ex- hanging out with my dad and we were exchanging songs that we like, cause we like all the same music. And he said, mm-hmm. I want you to hear the song from waitress, uh, the musical. He said, this is mm-hmm. how I felt when you were born. And it was oh, just a beautiful song. Wow. And um, that's, yeah. Yeah. And I just only hope I get to have that. I, 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 I'm sure I will. I just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think those are special. I'm really glad that you've also embraced that. This has been an amazing episode about the value of 
humor and music healing you and providing comfort and joy during difficult times and also good times and how defining yeah. music is. And I think it's great that your reason for creating music is to provide that for other people and to create a space where they feel the silliness and feel the love through your silliness and also through your love songs. This has given me a whole new perspective on your songs and it, it, it makes me like them even more. Here's a love song Kelly wrote for her children called Superstar. Take a listen. your name the one we gave you and every time i hear it my heart gives a little cheer oh how i love you there's a magic minute on the clock each day a time for celebration of your wonderful face the moment i first saw it i knew i was forever
This podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day. Bye.